Praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Kingdom Cast. You can also follow us on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Podcasts, Radio Public, and Spotify. God bless you, my brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're starting a whole new um, episode on Kingdom Cast where the title of the message is called Get the Idols Out of the Temple. So we're going to get into some things that's going to enlighten you and strengthen you in your walk with God um, as a believer. And we're going to go into the word of God and we're going to give just some scriptures and we're going to go into first scripture we're going to start off with is Second uh, Corinthians chapter 6 and 16. It's, it's a familiar scripture, but not too familiar uh, to a lot of people. And, you know, we it goes in and it says, you know, verse 14, we're going to start at verse 14. It says, be not equally unequally yoked with an unbeliever for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion have light with darkness. And, and according to had Christ with Baal, or what part have he that believe with an infidel? And what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. And as God has said, I dwell in, in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And we're going to go into another verse of scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, if you want to follow along in your in your Bible itself, um, whether you have a regular Bible or um, your phone or any Um, digital device now that we're using to you know we can read the bible on almost anything now so and then it says in whom um we go back and how this is talking about the apostles and prophets in 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 verse 20 and how you know jesus is the chief cornerstone and in verse 21 it says in whom are fitly built and framed together growth in and unto a holy temple whom ye are builded together for an inhabitation of God through and by the spirit. So what it goes in saying is that, 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 um, that scripture, when it talks about in verse 20, that the foundation of Christ is built on the apostles and prophets means is built on the doctrines and the teachings of Christ so that we are the temple of God. And then when God starts to construct us, when we get saved, a lot of times people don't realize when we get saved, then God starts to build us and shapes us into who he wants us to be. And that's when the reconstruction starts to starts to um, take shape, you know, and because, you know, the you know, I can I'm going to get into some other scriptures later. But, you know, then that's where the part where God is joining us and connecting us together with him, that God and the Holy Spirit can dwell on the inside of us and live live with us. So. You know that God made us a temple because if we go back into the Old Testament, when we look at the Old Testament, when they built the tabernacle and the and, and the way they constructed and built it, you know, you had the outer court, the inner court, and the holiest of holies. But in order for them to do the inner court of the temple, the inner court of the temple had to be clean. So even the, the Levitical priests at that time, they had to make sure that they were clean. And when they went into the presence of God, they also had to have ropes tied around their legs. So if if they went in and they something wasn't right, they was able to drag them out if they died, you know, without um, anybody else going in there and being, you know, you know, killed themselves. So, but to say all that is that 
God wants the temple to be clean. And as God comes and he saves you, one of the things about salvation is when you get a car, you salvage it and you start to reconstruct and build stuff. So now, you know, when we look at a lot of things that's going on, you know, that God wants to dwell on the inside of you. It's not just a part about being saved, but God doesn't just want to be with you. He wants to be in you. A lot of times we just look at it and say, okay, well, well, I'm saved, but yeah, you're saved and you're, you're saved from sin and God is saving you from, you know, eternal damnation, but, you know, and judgment, but, you know, by saving you and, and saving you from sin and, and freeing you from sin, but also at the same time that God wants to dwell in you, you know, and, and that's why it's important to have the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Ghost that God wants to live on the inside of you. And that's where when we look at the Old Testament, that they had the presence of God, you know, um, in the temple. That's why they had to get the temple clean and they had to clean out the temple to make sure that the presence of God was dwell in, in the tabernacle. So then when we look at it now, it's, it's now we are the tabernacle. And then when we get saved, God saves us and then the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us to now, which is the spirit of God to live on the inside of you now. So now he comes and starts to work on the inside and cleaning out all that stuff that, you know, before we were, you know, we were saved, you know, even before I was saved, you know, God was working stuff on me and cleaning stuff out on me. And it was a process. But I know that once the Holy Spirit came in my life, it's like the housekeeper. When they come in, you hire a housekeeper, you know, they come in and they and they and you hire them to clean your entire to clean your house and get it organized. So that's the thing that when God comes on the inside of you and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, God comes in and starts rearranging stuff and fixing stuff and getting stuff out so that, you know, that it can be a clean house. You know, that God says, you know, we be a vessel of honor, sanctified and be meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. You know, God wants us to be, you know, that he wants us to be clean on the from the inside out, you know, and not just. Not just, you know, we wear garbs and we're outside and we look cleanly on the outside, but like Jesus told the Pharisees that you were like dead man's bones because, you know, you were dead on the inside because it's nothing living on the inside of you. And that, you know, God wants to have the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us, but to get out all this junk and all this stuff and that we are the temple of the Lord and we are holy and, you know, and God wants to have a, a habitation on the inside of us. And that's where when we look at the gospel of John, we look at, you know, when we look at John chapter, um, chapter, chapter 14 starts talking about the Holy spirit and him. When we look at it is that John chapter 14, he said, you know, I won't leave you comfortless, but I'll send you a comforter. He, you know, he will lead you and guide you into all truths and show you things to come. So God sends us the Holy spirit that, you know, he said he won't be just with you, but he'll be in you, you know? And that's the thing that what people don't understand is that as a born again believer, when you become saved, you become born again. But that's not just the process. Salvation is not just a one step process. It's many steps into you being saved until when the coming of the Lord, that when he appears, we'll be like him. You know, so what what I want everybody to understand, and especially if you're new to Christ or you don't really know what it takes to be saved or how how is it? that salvation happens in your life. And then not only just that, but there are things in our lives that we don't even realize that hinders us from God moving in our lives. And that's why God is saying, even during this time of the pandemic, when we look at certain things is that 
you know, God said all things work together for the good and those that love God are called according to his purpose. But we have to understand also that, you know, God is working this stuff out because we've had so much stuff going on in the church and in the body of Christ that in the body of Christ, we cannot, we, we can't do the things the same way as we've always done. So God is, is cleaning up the house, not just the churches in physical, in the physical building, but Jesus said, not churches of bricks and stone, but of flesh and blood that, you know, that he was talking about, you know, about the, the dwelling part and, and that what he was making. So we have to look at it and during this time is God is trying to get all these idols and we worshiping people instead of worshiping God. You know, we worship the creation more than the creator. And that's what God is saying in this time of the pandemic and things that are happening right now. There's time for the church as the body of Christ. We got to get all these idols out. We got to get out all this idolatry and false God worship and even things that we don't even realize that we're worshiping that we don't even really pay attention to because, you know, whatever we put before God can be is an idol. So whether if it's our children, if it's our job, if it's a, a, a basketball game or a basketball event or any kind of sporting event or anything that you do that you you make it so much a priority that you neglect God becomes an idol because that very thing that you worship and you feel like so into you, you know, um, before God, then it becomes an idol because that thing you worship, it controls your life. And, you know, God wants to um, have complete control over your life, but he wants to govern your life in a way that is godly, you know. And so we're going to look at another scripture we're going to look at another scripture. Let's look at 1 John 2, 14 and 16, which is 1 John 2, 14 and 16. We're going to read it in the King James Version of the Bible. So now it says in 1 John 2, 14 and 16, it says, I've written unto you the fathers because you have known him. This is from the beginning. I've written unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man loves the, loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. So all these things, when we look at it, when I look at this passage of Scripture, it says, you know, when the love of God is, is, is not present, love of God is not present when you mix with the world. So when you do certain things that you become not godly and you do certain things and, you know, the scripture says, it says, love not the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, then the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but it's of the world. So reiterating that scripture again, when we look at it, we have the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. These three things that God spoken in that scripture can become an idol because a lot of times people can become so prideful in the things that they do and and because people worship in them and they feel like you know they're you know they want to be uh celebrities and you become so prideful so puffed up in the very things that you're doing like you you could be a professional athlete or any anybody whether if it's a someone famous and then you 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 put yourself in a position where those things become your God instead of God being your God, because anything that you put before God, you know, can become an idol. It, it literally can become an idol. And if you love that more than you love God, you know, and that's what you, that's what the scripture was saying. Love the things in the world. What I'm saying is that you, you can play sports and, 
and be an athlete, but you got to be in a way where it's balanced, where, you know, God is first in your life. Because, you know, if we love these things more than we love God, we love certain things in the world more than we love God, because then we, we lust after after money or power and we want to have all these things and you know we lust after sexual desires and things in the flesh and you know certain things we don't even realize that we, it can become an idol in our lives and then hinder us from from growing in in Christ Jesus or these things can stop you from coming to God and receiving God and receiving salvation because what we don't realize is that we feel like people we don't, we realize that God um, is the is the one that loves us and he wants us saved. But we cannot be in a place where we don't let God govern our lives and, and put God first. He'll govern the rest of our lives and govern, you know, those things accordingly. But, you know, we have to understand is that if we love these things in the world, then the love of the Father is just not, not, not in us. I mean, that God wants to abide in us, but if we love the world more than we love God, then then and God has no room, you know? So, and, and, and I just want to share something with you guys as well. Is, is once God saves you, he comes on the inside of you and he separates you from the world. So once you become saved, you become separate, you know? And now that's why the Bible says, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So God wants you, once he comes in, he conforms you and then he separates you. And he wants you to be not conformed to the things of this world. He wants you to separate your thinking and your thoughts because now when you are citizens of the kingdom and you are an ambassador of God, you now become different. God separates you so you don't talk the same, you don't think the same, you don't do the same things and characteristics and actions. God comes in and saves you and he separates you from the things that you used to do, the separation starts once you become saved. And then understand that now you become God's sacred temple. You become sacred because once God separates you, he sanctifies you and sets you apart, you know, from the world. So you're not the same, but you're different. You don't do the things that everybody else does. Once God comes in and he saves you, and he separates you from the world and from sin because you know sin separates you from god and this is what people don't understand in the body of christ and don't understand you know and explain you guys want to know about god and want to know why um god does what he do because once you come in he separates you from sin and when you become saved and then when you when you're sinning and you get caught up into sin it separates you from god because you know, the flesh is, is an enmity. Like your flesh is, is an enemy to God because it your flesh is just doesn't want to do what God wants to wants it to do. Flesh wants to do what it wants to do. And sin keeps you from God. It keeps you from hearing God. It keeps you from um, having a relationship with God because, you know, sin is, is all about self-seeking, self-gratification. It's not about um, pleasing God. It's about pleasing self. So, Sin keeps you separated from God, you know, and that's the thing that there are countless people in the Bible who, um, men and women who sin and cause them to be separated from God. But, you know, the one thing about God is that he said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that comes with we repent to God and ask God to forgive us. 
And then we start now we turn away from the sin and go in the direction that he wants us to go in. Then now we can get back into the place of having a right relationship with God, you know, and we must understand that. And now when we look at it, he's, you know, God saves you. He now comes and cleans you out. So when God comes and cleans you out, he's coming to dwell with you. So he's coming to clean out all the stuff. So it's like having a house with a with a bunch of rooms and you're renovating a house and you see all this junk and stuff. You got to start throwing. They start throwing stuff out when they fix the houses up. You see on the um the uh, housing shows on, on TV, they come in there and they start gutting the house out. They start seeing and they surveying, you know, the things in the house and they start throwing stuff out and they start seeing what needs to be gone and what needs to be ripped up. So they go by room by room by room by room and they start the construction. So that's what happens when you become saved. When you become saved, now God comes in and he starts the reconstruction process of cleaning out things in your life that's going to hinder you from God fully walking in, fully coming into your life and you fully walking in the power of God. And not only just that, but you're not held back by anything that was keeping you in bondage before. So now when he comes in, you become a clean vessel. So he starts cleaning you out that you become clean. And that's the process of him working it out and perfecting you. But if there's things in your life that God will have that sees that's, that's a hindrance, he'll tell you to get rid of stuff. And, you know, even myself, before I was even uh, married, I was, you know, I was in... um relationships and and I remember one day God was um um talking to me when I was praying and he was speaking to me about some old um pictures and things that I had of a, of an ex-girlfriend and and God was explaining to me about just getting it out and throwing it in the trash you know I kept it but not really thinking about it you know keeping it as a memento but one day I was in prayer in the morning and God began to speak to me about throwing it out not having stuff that that reminds me of the old stuff because now that I'm saved, I don't, I have to disconnect from all that stuff. And some things you got to throw out some stuff because some things become a soul tie and it becomes, you'll begin to start to worship this stuff because it'll start to remind you of the past things that you used to do. So now you are um, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now you're different. So now some of these things God has to tell you to get rid of because you you can worship this stuff and it becomes an idol, you know, and God doesn't want you to do that because those things can become a hindrance in your life. So it says when, you know, another thing is, is when you look at these idols, they can also have no God life on the inside of them and they're not living. Like a lot of things we worship is they're not living. They're dead. They, they can't speak back to you. They can't tell you. They can't help you. So. You know, we worship things that are that are necessarily not living, but they're dead. So God doesn't want us to worship stuff that's dead. He, you know, he wants us to worship him who is the living God. And I'm going to also read something for you guys in another scripture. When it talks about that, we're going to go to, um, I believe it's, it's Habakkuk 2 and 8, 2, chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. All right. So what it says in Habakkuk 2, verse 18 and 19, it says, What profit of the graven image that the maker thereof have it 
hath graven it, the molten image and a teacher of lies, that the maker who, the maker of his work trusted therein, to dumb idols. Woe unto him that saith to the wood, Awake to the dumb idols, arise, um, stone, arise. It shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver. There is no breath that in it at all in the midst of it. But the Lord is the is his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. So I'm going to read this in the Message Bible, you know, because it, it's a good, it's one of the good translations that'll help. It says, what use, what is the use of a carved God? So skillfully carved by a sculptor, what good is a fancy cast good when it all tells lies? What good sense does it make to be a pious God maker who makes gods that, that can't even talk? Who do you think you are saying to the stick of wood, awake up or to the dumb stone, get up. Can they teach you anything about anything? There's nothing to them but surface. There's nothing on the inside of them. There's nothing on the inside. So when you have, when we have these images and we carve out the certain things, they can't speak back and, and tell you, they can't teach you anything. You know, God is the one that can teach us a lot. He can teach us, you know, and we have to understand too, as the body of Christ, we have to understand as well that, you know, God says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Why? Because they reject knowledge. Knowledge comes from God, you know, and the enemy um, wants to trick us because we get so caught up in not saying, well, we don't need God. I don't need God. And, you know, we'll say in life, well, I, you know, I can, I'm fine by myself. I don't really need God, but See, God wants to teach us some stuff. And some things we go to certain things that are dead. But God is the one who by his spirit can give you so much more information. He can teach you so much more. You know, we we have to be in a right relationship with God, you know, so that we can hear God's voice and not getting caught up into all these. We get into trans meditation and we and these new age religions that's now coming out now that wants us to worship all this other stuff except for the true and living God. So people are getting into all this stuff. And instead of just getting into that, get into the Bible, get saved, ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit, ask God to come into your life. And I guarantee you, you'll start to see stuff different. Your mind will start to be open to the things that you did not know before. And this is what God wants to do because a lot of times people go in there and they're worshiping and they're want to be their own God. And, and, you know, and this is what happens when people get into false, false religions and, and false doctrines because people want to be, be their own God instead of being, you know, God, who is the one who had sent Jesus Christ as his son to die for us, for our sins, that we might be connected back to him because we, we can't get into our own self ideas or what we think, why, you know, I want to, you know, help myself or I don't need God. Well, we do need God. You know, we need God to get through this life. You need God to help you get through to with and keep you in a sound mind, keep you in a sound body. You know, so this is what I want to explain to people out there that, you know, we have all these graven images and all these idols and none of them can help you or none of them can teach you. Just like what the Message Bible was saying in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. 
So we're going to go to another scripture as well. We're going to go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. And we're reading this just out of the uh, King James Version of the Bible. So what it says in the King James Version of the Bible, it reads that know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy which ye are, which ye are. So, and that's the thing that we are the temple of God, that we don't realize how important that is. And a lot of times people just make it believe that, well, we're not the temple of God, or we don't have an understanding that God saves you. Like I was saying before in the beginning, that God saves you. He comes on the inside of you. He fills you with his spirit. And then now, you know, we don't understand how precious that God lives on the inside of us. And we don't realize how precious the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. And we don't realize that if we defile the temple of God, you know, this says, for God shall destroy the temple. It says, for ye are the temple, which ye are. So we are the temple of God and God wants to live on the inside of you. And it says, you know, we don't realize how precious that the spirit of God and the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us because the art went back in the Old Testament. You know, when they had the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant was the Spirit of God in on the inside. And anyone that touched the Ark, they dropped dead because they weren't holy enough to be able to carry. They wasn't supposed to carry the Ark or touch the Ark. So what we don't realize is that the Holy Spirit is so powerful that lives on the inside of you. You know, and I don't want to say it to scare you, but we have to understand that the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us. That, you know, it's nothing to take lightly and it's nothing that we don't you know, take it seriously because, you know, God takes his spirit very, very, very seriously, you know, and, and we must understand that it's God dwelling on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is a piece of God dwelling on the inside of you. And I know we've heard it so much in Christianity about the Holy Spirit and heard so much about the Spirit of God, but we don't understand how important that the Holy Spirit is very important in the life of a believer. And it's so important now that we must get all this stuff out of ourselves so that God can dwell on the inside of us um, rightly, you know, because we have a lot of stuff that has not been rightly applied to our lives as a believer. And we don't really understand that the Holy Spirit is so important in your life, especially in the time frame we live in, especially because we're living in um, the last days and Jesus is soon to come. So I'm going to read this one scripture in Ephesians chapter two, verse 20 and 21. I'm going to read it out of the message Bible first, and then I'm going to read it out of the amplified version of the Bible. So it says, and I'm going to read this little note that I wrote down. It says, who is the architect, the builder? Christ is the foundation. He puts you into place with, into place with Christ. So with into place with himself. He is the one who holds the temple together. The parts are being shaped day after day, becoming God's holy temple for what he wants to make his home. So now what is, you know, so you understand is that you're being shaped and made day after day after day. I'm being shaped and made day after day after day. So we are God's holy temple and God is making us every day. So when Jesus comes, when the Bible says, when, when he comes and we see him, We'll be just like him, perfect. And, you know, that's why God is perfecting us. 
and he's still doing the construction and he's still building on us every single day. So I'm going to read the scripture in the um, Ephesians chapter two, um, verse 20 to 21. I'm going to read it kind of out of the, uh, the message Bible, the message Bible first. It says that plain, is that plain enough? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You're, you belong here. So with as much right to the name Christian as anyone, God is building a home. He's using all irrespectives of how we got here and what he is building. He uses the apostles, prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. The holy temple built by God. All of us is built into a temple which God is quiet at home. So when God builds something, he wants to fill something where he feels quite at home. It's like when you go and you buy a house or you come in and then you move into like like I like I moved into um the place where I'm at now, me and my wife, we had to make it comfortable, you know, so it feels like home that you can dwell in it. So it has your personality, your uh, what's the word for it? Feel of it. It feels comfortable for you that you can dwell there. You you can live there because it has your things in there. So that's how God does. In order for God to come in, He wants to make sure when He starts putting, He starts putting His things in, like a house. When God moves in, He's coming in, and He's buying. He bought you. The Bible says Jesus, you were you were paid paid for with the price. He He was a ransom for us. So now you were bought with the price. So now God comes in, it's like buying a house. He came and bought you with his son. Now it's like he paid the rent. He paid something for it because God wants to dwell with you and in you. That's the spirit of God wants to be with you and in you. So what we don't realize is that once God has you now, he wants to now start like putting stuff in here that, that he likes, you know, because we don't really understand in order for God to dwell somewhere he got to put, you know, like they say, the house and you give your wife and my wife start hanging up pictures and a place to make it feel like it's home that he can dwell there. So God has to get out all the old stuff so that he can put into the new stuff. Like the Bible says, he, he can't put new wine into old wine skin because it'll burst. Why? Because why it'll burst? Because after a while, that old wine skin was already rotten. So it's rotten. And after a while, it, it causes the. The wine skin starts to deteriorate and it becomes dry and old. So you can't put something new into something old. Like you can't put that old stuff into something brand new. No, you have to get something brand new. You know, and that's what God comes in when he saves you. He starts brand new. So now he starts reconstruction. He starts moving in. He starts building up the walls of, of, your, of your life so that now you can be saved. You can now function as a child of God and as a believer in your walk with God. So I'm going to read this um, verse out of the Amplified um, version of the Bible. So, and I'm going to read, I'm going to start at verse 20. It says, having being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ being himself the chief cornerstone, in whom the structure is jointed together and is, and is continuously increasing growing in a holy temple in the lord 
a sanctuary dedicated, set apart, and sacred to the presence of the Lord. So now, once, like I said, once God comes in and saves you, he, he separates you, you are dedicated to the Lord, and you are separated. Just like when they did in the Old Testament and the New Testament, when you were, they were Nazarites, they were, they were dedicated unto the Lord, and they were separated. So this is something that what people don't understand is that when you come in, you are dedicated to the Lord. And now God, again, what I was saying earlier is where God comes in and he separates you um, from the uh, from the world, you know, because we are no longer in the world. So let's look at another verse of scripture. I'm going to read in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, and we're going to um, read King James Version of the Bible. I'm going back to the King James Version. What ye know not, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So what we don't realize is that, you know, like it says, it says, ye know not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So goes back to saying that your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost and you you not your own and you've been bought with a price. So going back to what I was saying earlier is like when you bought a home, you like God bought you and you've been bought with a price through Jesus's crucifixion, his death, and by the blood of Jesus, you've been bought because Jesus gave us life as a ransom for us because now God has ownership of us. So now, you know, we just can't do whatever we want to do. We can't just go and do stuff that's not God, and it's outside of God's will. So God wants us, and he builds us, and he constructs us to be um, in his image and his likeness, but also that we just are not our own. I don't care what anybody else says. They can say whatever. They, they can say this, and, you know, God doesn't own us. God doesn't control our lives, but the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So what are we going to say when we stand before God? Um you, we can make up, we can, in that day, we won't have, we're going to be without excuse before an almighty God. So, you know, we must understand is that God came in to dwell with us. So we must understand that one, we've been bought with a price. Number two, we are not our own. Number three, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us. And, and also, you know, we must Number four, glorify our God with our bodies, which means not just at is how we, how we dress, what we do, whether, you know, any anything that we're doing, we got to make sure that we're glorifying God in our actions, not just in our words, but in our actions. So I'm also going to read something else that I, I, I wrote down. Your whole body belongs to God. You can't live without him and you can't do whatever you please, squandering what God paid the price. We don't understand that you're so valuable that God paid the price for you. He gave his son to die on the cross for you. He was willing to do that. And we squander our life away thinking that God doesn't care. God doesn't love us. And we don't even understand how precious we are to God. Because if God gave his son to die for our sins so that we can make it into heaven. We we are valuable and we squander that by going back into the world. You squander that by doing all the stuff that seems what the world seems is tempting, but it's not tempting. You know, there's nothing out there that's tempting that. Now temptation is all around us, but what is left in the world to be tempted by? Why? That the world is is better than, than coming into God? That the world is about to come to a close. Jesus Christ is soon to come. 
So what are you going to do? What, what are we going to do? We need to come into the ark of safety, come into God. And as a people of God, and as I would say as a believer, and if you are somebody who has been straddling the fence, been having to try to understand, this is the time that God is saying, get all the idols out of your temple so that I can fully indwell in you to keep you during this last day because it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. And as we go, we need God. We need God to come into our lives. And I say, allow God to come into your life and fill you up with his spirit again because we we don't understand how precious we are to God. Just like that's just like I was writing down, we squander what God paid the price. So God paid the price, we just throw it away. Saying, well, God, I don't feel like I'm, I'm just, I'm worth it. No, you are worth it. You are worth it to God. Because if he gave his son to die for you, then that means something. It's like you giving your child the sacrifice and giving for, for something that, that might save somebody else's life. So we got to look at it from a, a different perspective. And I'm going to read these last two scriptures, which is 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 21. And we're reading it out of the um, King James Version. It said, if a man therefore purges himself, from these, he shall be a vessel of honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. So we must, and that's the part where we have to sanctify ourselves, that we might be a vessel of honor. So when you got a vessel, you can use a vessel, you know, that God can use it and prepare unto every good work. That's what God is doing, trying to do now in this pandemic. That's what God is trying to do is prepare people. For when Jesus is soon to come, that you can be a vessel, that God can really use you, you know, that God really wants you to make it into heaven. So another scripture I'm going to read is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. And it states in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 4 through 7, it says, Therefore, every one of you should know how to possess his vessel, sanctification and honor, not in lust of consumptions, even as the Gentiles, which know not God, that no man go beyond and defrauding his brother in any manner, because that the Lord is an avenger of all, and such as we have forewarned you and testified. But God has called us unto, not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. So which we have to understand is that we must possess our vessels, and we have to bring it under subjection to the word of God, because that's important. And then not only just that, but God hasn't called us to uncleanness, but he's called us unto holiness because the Bible says that holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So we're going to bring this podcast to close. And if there's anybody out there that has not accepted Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior, I would suggest you to ask the Lord and we're going to lead in a, a small thing of prayer um, for you. And you can say this as you're listening to this and confess and talk to God in this prayer as we draw to a close. And all you got to do is say, Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I am a sinner. I sinned against your word and sinned against you, God. Come into my heart. Come into my mind. Come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit in every aspect of my life. My mind, my soul, my thinking, my talking in my actions, that I might make it to heaven and see you when you come. Fill me, God. Save me, God. And this is the prayer that you pray. 
and confess this as you're listening to it. And God will come into your life. God will save you. God will fill you with the Holy Spirit and guarantee your life will never be the same. If you study your word, submit yourself, find a church home that's going to teach you what a Bible-believing, Bible-based church that's going to teach you sound doctrine so that you can grow in the things of God to make yourself ready for when Jesus comes. Because the Bible says no man knows the hour, not even Jesus himself, but only the Father knows when the time that the Son of Man is going to come. So we don't know when Jesus is going to come back. And not even he knows when he's, when he's going to return. Only the Father. So I would just suggest is that get saved. Please save. Get saved now. Don't wait. Because when the rapture comes and when the Antichrist comes, the church of the living God is going to be gone. And this world will never be the same. It's not that now, but it's going to be ten times worse than we've ever seen. In this life, so you don't want to be caught or left behind. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Kingdom Cast. Join us next time when we will continue part two of getting the idols out of the temple. God bless.